Who are the real people we consider our sages? Who were they in life? What is the legacy they left us? Join Rabbi Danny Saxton for the next hour as he explores the lives of our Torah giants, the spiritual geniuses who shaped the way we approach Judaism today. That's focus on our sages right now on 101.9 High FM. afternoon and welcome to High FM, to Soul to Soul, and it's great to be with you this Wednesday afternoon. So glad that spring is in the air and we're feeling the heat of summer. We've already had a bit of a, a thunder shower, which is the introduction of summer, and we really do have the best climate in the world here in Johannesburg. Very blessed to uh, have such a wonderful climate, and this is a very important time of the year. For all of us Jews, for all of Klal Israel, because we know that we are not far from the awesome and powerful days of Rosh Hashanah, of our Sirius and Yom Kippur, followed by Sukkot. Um, very important month coming up, the month of Tishrei, which is filled with these wonderful Yom Yom And each of these wonderful Yom Yom has got so much to teach us and gives us a great opportunity to develop and grow. All of the festivals, the Yom Yom Tovim within Judaism, they're not just historical remembrances, commemorations of events, but rather they present with them a spiritual energy, says the Ramchal, and we have the opportunity to develop and grow from the unique energy that is present at each of the Chagim of each of the Yom Yom Tovim. So let's try today discuss about Rosh Hashanah and the importance, the power, the opportunity, the essence of what this powerful and holy day is all about. Um, we are uh, having going to have a unique Rosh Hashanah this year, not the, different Rosh Hashanah to any uh, Rosh Hashanah before Manish Tanah Laila Hazer. So it's going to be a Manish It's going to be a different Rosh Hashanah for all of us because this Rosh Hashanah. Um, even if you are fortunate enough to be davening in shul, to be davening with a minion, so the shul davening is going to be very different. And the uh, and many, many people that are usually in shul will be at home this year, uh, have chosen to stay at home. And for good reason, one can understand why such a decision is made, which is very justified in the current circumstances. And so many will be davening at home without the community and without the minion. And so it's going to be a unique Rosh Hashanah for all of us. But let's uh, try and get into a little bit of the depth of what Rosh, Hashanah, what Rosh Hashanah is, what it's about, and what the significance of this powerful and holy day is. Um, maybe at the end we'll leave a little bit of time to discuss um, davening on one's own and uh, how significant and important that is and, and what one should do. Okay, so let's start out with the issue at hand over here, and that is understanding Rosh Hashanah. The great and holy Nasiva Shalom, a sefer that I often quote, a sefer that I really love, um, the Nasiva Shalom is the Slonim Rebbe, who is uh, one of the great leaders of Klai Israel in the 20th century. Um, and he writes in his sefer, he asks three very pertinent questions with regards to Rosh Hashanah. First question he asks is, we know that Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment. As it says, the Navi, the prophet Nehemiah says, Bo yamid bemishpat kol oilamim. On this day, stand in judgment all creatures of the world. Everybody is judged in Rosh Hashanah. 
And as the Gemara on Daftes Zion of Rosh Hashanah says, Rosh Hashanah called boy Oilam Oivrim Lefanek Kivnei Maron. That on Rosh Hashanah, all uh, inhabitants of the world pass by Hashem like the sheep. When the sheep go through the pen to be counted, they go in single file. So likewise, that's the description of the Gemara. All of us are viewed as individuals in single file by Hashem on Rosh Hashanah. Um, so we see that the essence of the day, according to the prophets, according to the Gemara, is judgment. But that judgment is not mentioned at all in the Torah. When the Torah talks about Rosh Hashanah, what does it say in Vayikra Chav Gimel, um, Pashas Emor? So the Pasuk says, B'chodesh Hashvi, Be'echad L'chodesh, Yelachem Shabbaton, Zichron Trua Mikra Kodesh. On the seventh month, on the first day of the month, the seventh month from this sun is Tishrei, on the first day of that month, it should be a Shabbason to you, which means you shouldn't do any malacha, shouldn't do any creative activities like on Shabbos. Zichron Trua Mikra Kodesh. It's a remembrance of the Trua, of the blowing of the Shofar, a Mikra Kodesh, a holy meeting, a holy convocation with Hashem. But there's no mention over there of din, of judgment. So if the focus of Rosh Hashanah is judgment, why is it not mentioned in the Torah? Okay, question number one. Question number two is why is Kol Boy Oilam, every creature of the world judged? Surely only Balei Bechira, which means individuals that have free choice, are held accountable for their choices. But not um, everything else in creation that doesn't have free choice. Animals behave on instinct. Instinct They don't have free choice. There's, uh, and that's the whole animal world. There's inanimate objects. But it seems to be, according to our holy writings, that everything in creation is judged. On this day. So that's question number two. Why is everything judged? And question number three is we also see, um, in our different sources, it's, it's uh, the prophet Nehemiah, the writings uh, in Tehillim, uh, David Amelech writes in Psalm number Pei Aleph, um, which is Psalm 81, that you should blow on the day of the month the Shofar, which is Rosh Hashanah, it's a hidden day. This is a day where there's no moon. The moon's hidden. The Yom Chagenu, the day of our Chageni, calls it a Chag, calls Rosh Hashanah a Chag. And we see Nehemiah says he was talking to Klai Yisrael when Ezra read from the Sefer Torah to them in Yerushalayim, and he says, mm-hmm. You should go and eat the fat meat and have sweet, delicious foods on this day, and don't walk away because this day is holy to your master. And don't be sad on this day, because the that which is dear to Hashem is your strength. So we see that it's called a Chag. So even the day of judgment, when a person is being judged, right, a person's life is in the balance, and it's their day of judgment, so it's not a day of celebration for them. You know, they're being judged, and it's a day of great trepidation and concern. But the, in the Holy Writings, uh, Rosh Hashanah is called a Chag, a festival, and we dress in our finest clothing, and we eat our delicious food like any other chag, like all the other chagim. So isn't that a bit inappropriate and out of place if it's a day of din, It's a, if it's a day of judgment? So those are the three questions that we're going to start out with. And as the Nasibu Shalom always does in his, uh, in his brilliant and genius style, he brings one principle, and that answers the question. So again, the three questions are um, Rosh Hashanah, is a day of judgment according to our holy, uh, our oral tradition, but it doesn't mention the judgment at all in the Torah. Why not? Question number two is why is every creature in the world judged? 
and not only those that have got free choice have got Bechira. And thirdly, why is this awesome day of judgment called the Chag, a day of celebration, a Yom Tov for Klai Israel? So the Nesiv Shalom always gets to the core of the matter, and he describes, he really reveals to us the Neshama, the essence of Rosh Hashanah. So please stay with us. We're going to have a short ad break. When we come back, we will discuss the essence of Rosh Hashanah. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. We're discussing the essence of Rosh Hashanah. We've uh, mentioned three questions that Siva Shalom asks. Um, why is it that the din is not mentioned in the Torah uh, about Rosh Hashanah? Why is the whole world judged? And why is it a chag? Why is Rosh Hashanah a day of celebration? And he answers so beautifully. And listen carefully because this will change your Rosh Hashanah and really change your life. And that is how powerful it is. And he says, um, if we want to see the essence of Rosh Hashanah, we have to look at the davening at the um, the uh, expressions in our prayers that were written by the Anshe Knesset by our great sages 2,000 years ago, and hidden in there, well, not so hidden, but written in there, very clearly um, defines for us what the essence of Rosh Hashanah is. And what part of what we say is, May your awe be revealed to all of creation, to all of your, everything that you've done, everything you've created. That's one thing we say. So we want Hashem's glory and power to be revealed to the world. We say, Hashem, let your glory and your kingdom be revealed to all of creation. Rule over the world in your glory. So we're asking, we are davening on Rosh Hashanah, that Hashem's power is revealed to all of humanity, to the whole world, and the whole world is filled with the knowledge of Hashem, and the whole world accepts the control and power and crown of Hashem, Hashem's kingship over the world. That's what we're asking for in Rosh Hashanah. That's where we're putting ourselves. Because the foundation of Rosh Hashanah is that it's the beginning of the world. Rosh Hashanah is the anniversary of the creation of human beings. And um, on that day, on the anniversary of creation of human beings, so Hashem renews all of creation. As the Arizal says, Every single year, everything goes back to the beginning, to the start, and Hashem renews the year on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the day of the recreation of the world, of every, of, and everything in it. And that's what the Orachayim HaKadosh says. The Orachayim says a very beautiful idea. He says that when Hashem created the world, He created the world in six days, and then was Shabbos the seventh day. So the, the energy and power um, for the creation of the next six days comes from the Shabbos. That's how it works. It's a unit of six days that Hashem created, and then Shabbos Kodesh, which breathes the soul into the world, and through that soul, and through that energy that Shabbos then gives to the world, does Hashem create another six days? It comes from Shabbos, it's follow on from Shabbos. So it's a similar idea we're saying here from the Arizal, is that Hashem creates the world year by year. And at the end of each year, 
Hashem recreates from beginning the new year. And that's the judgment. In other words, the judgment is that Hashem does a, a year end. Just like in a business, so we have the financial year end where everything's tallied up and all the departments of the business are seen as a whole and decisions are made. Information is now gathered. Um, what parts of the business are successful and what are not successful, what is productive and working, what is not working. So too Hashem, on the anniversary of creation of the world, Hashem looks at all of creation and Hashem determines whether the purpose of creation is being fulfilled and whether the function, the reason why this whole experiment was created in the first place is being achieved. Hashem looks at that on this day and Hashem assesses what within creation is achieving its purpose and is doing what it's supposed to, the reason why it was created, and what in creation is not achieving its purpose and is not doing what it's supposed to. So the renewal of the year of the world, automatically there's an assessment of what is working and what is not, what is um, being, uh, what is extra and is superfluous and what is not. So that's the judgment on Rosh Hashanah. The judgment on Rosh Hashanah is um, what. How is everything in creation fitting in with the purpose of creation? When Hashem renews the world, Hashem looks at all of creation and determines what is doing its job, what's fulfilling its role and its function, and what is not fulfilling its role and its function. And that's what he, he describes, the Sivashan describes this idea with a beautiful mashal, a beautiful parable. He says that, a metaphor, he says that um, it comes from the Savior called Yesod Ha'avoida. In which he says that there was a king, and this king, he uh, bought a large area of land, he brought people into that land, he did tremendous kindness with those people, and he gave them wonderful things, and um, he, the purpose of him doing that was that they would recognize him as Kim, king, that they would crown him as their king. And once a year, the king would evaluate and assess whether that is actually happening, whether that's purpose is being achieved and fulfilled and the people of that place were who are the benefactors of this benevolent king who received so much from the king and he showered them with so much blessing and so much kindness so they knew that that day he would be assessing whether it's worth his while and so they made a great effort to ensure on that day that they crowned him as their king and they showed him that they acknowledge all he does for them and that they accept him as their as their king, and um, with the, and they knew that if they did that on that day, so it would all continue, and they would continue to be the recipients of the kindness of their king, and that's so that's the marshal the nimshal the lesson from that is very very clear, that on Rosh Hashanah Hashem is renewing all of creation, and Hashem is viewing whether the purpose for which He created the world is being achieved. Or is not being achieved, and that's um, that's a, a very powerful understanding as to what's going on in Rosh Hashanah. Hashem's renewing, and Hashem is assessing and deciding what is doing, or which creatures and which human beings are doing their fulfilling their purpose and their role, and which are not doing their purpose and their role. And therefore, it applies to both. Those that don't have Bechira and those that do have Bechira. Those that have free choice and those that do. Hashem is looking at everything in all of creation and determining whether it's being, uh, creation is being, is achieving its purpose. And of course, the main judgment is going on the Bada Bechira and those that have free choice 
and it's going on those that have the ability to choose to do the right thing or not choose to do the right thing. So, so the point we're making up here is a very important distinction and very powerful point that the Siva Shalom is making is that the judgment on Rosh Hashanah is not, you're not judged uh, if you were guilty or if you're innocent, if you, you know, deserve to be punished or you deserve to be rewarded. That's not what's going on in Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, it's a broader general judgment of all of creation, whether creation is fulfilling its purpose and where you fit in with that. Are you fulfilling your role or are you not fulfilling your role in creation? And therefore, our job is to show the king that we understand why we're here and we accept our mission and our purpose and we are fulfilling our purpose. And the purpose of creation is that us creatures called human beings recognize and acknowledge the existence of a higher power and we surrender ourselves to that higher power and we try to live in sync with the will of that higher power. As Jews, we're very privileged and we're very fortunate that we know what that is. We're not guessing. And we're not fumbling around in the dark like most of humanity, but rather we have the Torah. God gave us the Torah. And, and in that Torah, God showed us what we are supposed to be doing and what He wants of us. And so that's the, so we've now answered, remember there were three questions. First question is why is the Din of Rosh Hashanah not mentioned in the Torah? Because that's not the purpose of the day. The purpose of the day is renewal of all of creation. And automatically, the consequence of that is that Hashem views and sees the world and decides on the world. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is the renewal. So the Torah emphasizes the renewal rather than the judgment because the judgment is a consequence and a side product and not the main focus. Secondly, um, why are all creatures, you know, those that have free choice, those that don't have free choice, everything is uh, caught up in the judgment of the Rosh Hashanah because that is it's the anniversary of creation. Everything in creation is being considered and is being looked at and is being, um, uh, and is being scrutinized as to whether it's fulfilling its purpose in creation. But we haven't answered the third question. And the third question was, why is Rosh Hashanah called a Chag? Why is it a day that we celebrate? So the other aspect of it, so the one aspect that we've discussed in Rosh Hashanah is the anniversary of creation, and automatically the consequence of that is God assesses the purpose of creation and everything in it. The second aspect of Rosh Hashanah is that the purpose of creation, of course, is that God... Um, is recognized as the king. And um, the, the the primary event that um, that brought this about in the world was, of course, Maimad Har Sinai, was when the Jewish people received the Torah at Mount Sinai and the Jewish people entered into the covenant with Hashem. And as the prophet says, Im brisi yomam v'layla, im lo brisi yomam v'layla, the prophet tells us that if the covenant is not being observed between the Jewish people and Hashem day and night. So then the laws of nature would no longer continue. In other words, the world would not be worthwhile carrying on and continuing. So on this day, we also enter into renew the covenant with Hashem. So in other words, if it's the day in which Hashem is recreating the world and Hashem is assessing the purpose of creation, so it's also the day that we re-enter into the bris, into the covenant with Hashem. As we read in the parsha um, last week, that you're all standing in front of Hashem, um, and that uh, our sages tell us was the the Zohar tells us was the was Rosh Hashanah, because on Rosh Hashanah we re-enter the bris with Hashem, because the purpose of creation, the purpose of the whole world, 
is the covenant between Hashem and the Jewish people. That makes the, the purpose of the world fulfilled, and that makes it worthwhile. So in Rosh Hashanah, we are understanding Hashem is renewing all of creation. He's viewing everything in creation and assessing and scrutinizing everything. And a big part of that is recommitting ourselves to the bridge to the covenant of Hashem. Recommitting ourselves to, to entering into that covenant once more. And that covenant being something that is central to our lives and to our being. And obviously the, the main part of that covenant is to, um, is to get close to Hashem, which is a difficult thing to do. Our sages tell us that, um, all of the mitzvahs in the Torah, um, the purpose of them is to help us cling to Hashem. Well, Vos Sidvak is, is a mitzvah in the Torah, and to him you should, um, Sidvak means you should uh, cling. So the purpose of everything, of all of the Torah mitzvahs, is to help us cling to Hashem, to get close to Hashem. As the Rambam says, that the love, that the covenant between Hashem and the Jewish people is a love. It's really a love affair. And it's supposed to be a very intense love affair. Um, we understand and know in the world when two people love each other, when men and women love one another, so especially in the early days when they um, are in the romantic stage, but the whole purpose of marriage is to get back to that uh, exhilaration of the romance and make it real from the hard work of the marriage. Um, so a, a, a couple that has a good marriage and a couple that um, are connected to one another, so they're in love with each other and they're thinking of each other all the time. And the, 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 the major concern is the needs and the um, wants of their spouse. That's, that's what drives them. And they're so in love with that person that they can't think of anything else or of anybody else. Um, so that's supposed to be the love of Hashem and the Jewish people. And that's what it says in Shir Hashirim. Shir Hashirim is really a, a description of this relationship between the Jewish people and Hashem. And it's supposed to be a very deep, loving relationship. And the covenant, the bris, that we entered into at Harasinai is a covenant in which we remove all of the obstacles and we are able to cling to Hashem and be close to Hashem. And that's a very, very difficult thing to achieve. It's something that takes a life, it's a career, a life career of hard work and of trying to put ourselves aside and put our egos aside and put our appetites for uh, power and for pleasure aside and to connect to Hashem. That's a lot of hard work. That is what we call the spiritual journey, the journey of the soul, the purpose for which we were all created. That's why we are here. And therefore, um, that is the covenant, is to commit ourselves to that journey of clinging to Hashem, of crowning Hashem as king, and of building a relationship with Hashem. And that was achieved very powerfully at Har Sinai. When the Jewish people stood at Mount Sinai and God revealed himself to them, their souls were blown out of their bodies and they entered into this covenant with God. This is what we call the bris. The bris miller that a Jewish male has, the circumcision, is an indication that we are part of this covenant. It's a covenant that Hashem made with Abraham, with Abraham, and it's the covenant that we are all a part of. And when we choose to um, give our sons a bris, a, a circumcision, we are bringing them into this covenant of Avraham Avinu. It's a very, very powerful thing, a very important thing. It's a, the world was created for this covenant. There's no greater thing a parent can do than bringing their child into the bris, into the covenant with Avraham Avinu, and having them circumcised in, in a kosher way, according to Halacha. 
And that's what on Rosh Hashanah we are recommitting ourselves to. We are saying that we accept the covenant and we accept the purpose of creation and we understand the world was created not to serve ourselves and not to get caught up with all the many distractions that are there, but to remain focused on the purpose. And that is to serve God and to be a part of God's covenant. So those are the two aspects. And really they're two sides of the same coin, that the renewal and the recreation, the, the creation, the uh, renewal of creation on the anniversary of creation of, of human beings really goes hand in hand with the purpose of creation, which is the bridge, the covenant between Klai Yisrael and Hashem. And that's why we say that um, Rosh Hashanah is a hug, it's a celebration. So uh, on the one hand, the celebration seems to be out of sync, seems to be inappropriate, seems to be not uh, cognizant of the din of the judgment that's going on. But on the other hand, it's the greatest simcha and greatest joy that when we acknowledge and we embrace and we accept that we are part of this covenant, this bris with the creator of the universe, with Hashem, so there's no greater joy than that. So that is the Chag of Rosh Hashanah. That's why Nehemiah tells the people, you shouldn't be sad and depressed, but go and eat delicious foods and, uh, and, and uh, eat delicious meat and celebrate with your God because this is a day that you recommit yourself to the covenant that you recommit yourselves to serving God and to be to being a part of God's creation. So that is really the essence of Rosh Hashanah, that Hashem is viewing the world over, uh, is looking at all of creation and uh, assessing what is going on in, in creation and uh, what is, where the goal and purpose of creation is being achieved and being fulfilled and where it's not and which human beings are part of that purpose and are applying themselves to the job at hand and to the mission for which they were created, and which human beings are not a part of that purpose and are, are not at all conscious or cognizant of the purpose of creation, of why we are here, or why God created this magnificent, vast, diverse, exquisite world that we live in. Um, and so that's the judgment on Hashanah, which is a frightening thing, because we all definitely need God's um, blessing and God's connection and God's and and God's favor at this very frightening time of judgment. And secondly, um, Rosh Hashanah is about re-entering into that bris. So the greatest thing we can do on Rosh Hashanah is to make God our king, is to declare, and that's what all the davening on Rosh Hashanah is about, is declaring God as our king in the depths of our hearts, and that is re-entering the bris, the covenant with Hashem. And that is the fulfillment and purpose of creation. So by doing that, by crowning God as king, we're showing God that we are playing our part in terms of the purpose and mission for which the whole world was created and for which we were created. And that's a great celebration. That's a source of joy and of celebration and of happiness on this powerful, awesome day. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. So we're discussing the essence of this awesome day of Rosh Hashanah. And the purpose of the day is not to see whether we're guilty or whether we're innocent and we're going to be punished. The purpose of the day is that God is automatically renewing all of creation. And the... Follow on the consequence of the renewal of creation 
is that God determines what is fulfilling its purpose and what is not fulfilling its purpose. And we know the purpose of creation is to crown God as king, and the purpose of creation is to enter into the bris, the covenant with God. And that's what we're doing with all our governing throughout the day, is we're committing ourselves to that covenant, we're crowning God as our king, and that is the greatest defense that we could employ on this day that the judgment is taking place. So whether you're in shul and davening together with a minion and you're davening together with the community in shul or whether you are um, at home and you are um, with your um, uh, davening alone at home without being in shul, so we all have an important opportunity and obligation to do the work on Rosh Hashanah. And if we do the work, um, and and the, we can certainly do as good a job at davening alone at home as we can do in shul, although you don't have the inspiration of the community and of the shaliach tzibur, but nonetheless you still can daven with great sincerity and great um, focus and uh, really in the depth of your being and the depth of our being achieve the the goal of crowning God as our king. So don't be deterred and don't be despondent if you can't be in shul. Why don't you still daven shachris? One should still daven the entire morning service. Um, one should still daven Musaf alone at home. And uh, what is a very good idea is try and time your davening with your community. So find out, I'm sure um, you, you're a member of an Orthodox community, or um, if you're not, you can find out the times of you know your uh, an, uh, the, the, an Orthodox community in your area, what time they're davening, and try and start your Amidah, your Shemona Esrei, with the community at that same time. And um, if that happens, so then your prayers all ascend together. They they joined together and it's much more powerful than just being an individual unit on your own. So try and start the Shmon Esra at the time of, the same time as your community. Um, if you want to know what time our community is starting the different tefillas, so you can email me on rabbidrs at gmail.com and I'll send you those times and try and time it together with us so all of our prayers and go up to Shemaim together, which is a very powerful thing. Um, and that's also part of the blowing the shofar of Rosh Hashanah. And we said that Rosh Hashanah is a recommitment to the breasts of the covenant with Hashem. The shofar was blown on the Mount Sinai when the Jewish people received the Torah. And the shofar is a symbol of that covenant between us and Hashem. The shofar is crowning God as king and his part is a symbol of that covenant. And that's why we mention the shofar because we now are recommitting ourselves to the covenant months more. Remember this year, the first day of Rosh Hashanah is this Friday night and Shabbos. So we don't blow the shofar on Shabbos. And all that the shofar achieves is achieved by Shabbos Kodesh. That's the power of the Holy Shabbos. And we don't, we don't blow. The, the rabbis made exactly they don't blow because they were concerned about carrying on Shabbos. But it means that the powerful, spiritual, mystical energy of the shofar, of the, the nuclear power of the shofar, is achieved by the Shabbos itself. And therefore, we don't need to blow the shofar on Shabbos, which is a very powerful concept in and of itself. But that's the work that we should be doing. And, we should, and whether we're doing it at home or whether we're doing it in shul, um, it, 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 the, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference because the work is crowning our God in, uh, crowning God as our king in our hearts. And we certainly can do that if we are at home. And even in shul, it's going to be more diff- difficult than in previous years because we're limited to a two-hour service. Um, we can either have a two-hour service or and then break for two hours, another two hours, or just get it all in two hours. So most of the gehillas in Joburg, many of them, are getting it all in a two-hour service. So it's going to be faster than usual. 
with a few things that we're cutting out. Um, but nonetheless, still, the, the work is still there. It's going to be quality and not quantity, and we need to be focused, and we need to do the work and daven with tremendous sincerity and be as genuine as we can in opening up our hearts, crowning Hashem as King, and achieving the difficult, difficult goal of uh, putting ourselves aside and committing ourselves to the covenant and recognizing that God is the all-powerful, omnipotent creator of the world who is right now renewing the creation of the world. So um, it's a very important that we do our work. And it's a, a big job to be done. And uh, it's something that uh, the truth is that uh, this crowning God as king is something that's a natural aspect of all of us, of a human being in this world, to recognize there's a creator. As I often say, it's such an obvious thing. It's such a... It's such a simple idea that the world must have been created by a creator, that the world must have been, it couldn't have just happened by chance and accident and coincident. Um, that is ridiculous and ludicrous. That's absolutely, you know, that, that's going against all logical and, uh, and, uh, common sense that this world, this vast, magnificent, exquisite world came by chance and accident. It's ridiculous to say such a thing. The, the, the sophistication and beauty and perfection of the world and everything in it, whether you look outside at nature, look inside at the human body, it screams to us that there must be a designer, a sophisticated designer who created this world. couldn't have come by itself. I just got my new iPhone today. I upgraded and got an iPhone 11. And, you know, to say that it just came by chance and by accident, that iPhone, that, that, that's ridiculous. There must have been an engineer and designer who created this wonderful device that does so many amazing things. So how much more so the world that we see? It's just ridiculous to say that there's not a wise creator. And our work, and as Jews, we are part of a covenant with that creator. And that's where we, we're born into that covenant. Or if we've converted, we've decided to join the Jewish people and dedicate our lives to that covenant. Um, and that's the purpose of Rosh Hashanah, to see how much is that a reality for us. How Real is it that Hashem exists and that we are here to connect with Hashem and serve Hashem and crown, crown Hashem as king of the world. That's why we were created and that's our greatest defense as the din is going on. If we're not a part of that and we don't see that and we don't subscribe to that and we don't, and we don't open ourselves up to that and we don't do the work of committing to that, so then we're out of the game. So then we're missing the point. So then we are not at all in touch with the purpose of creation and with the reason why we are all here, why Hashem sent our souls into our body. So that's the work of Rosh Hashanah, and that's the great opportunity that Rosh Hashanah presents us all with, um, coming starting Friday night and Saturday, Saturday night and Sunday, Sunday night, second day, Sa Sunday, second day is when we blow the shofar. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. We'll end off just with a one more idea about Rosh Hashanah. So we've been talking about the beautiful holy day, the great opportunity we all have, and the beautiful celebration of Rosh Hashanah being part of the holy covenant with God. One of the aspects of successfully achieving what we are supposed to in Rosh Hashanah and surrendering to Hashem is having humility, is humbling ourselves in God's presence. 
And I think that is one of the great lessons we've learned from COVID-19, from 2020. We've had a year which has uh, been way beyond anybody's expectations, so different to what we all could have imagined, a year in which this tiny little particle of coronavirus has brought the entire world to its needs, 7.7 billion people from this 125-nanometer um, particle, uh, 100 million of them can fit on a pinhead. That's how tiny it is, and it's brought the world to its needs. And we've seen, we've been humbled um, by the events that have taken place around the world in the last uh, six months. Uh, we, you know, there have been many webinars and there have been many um, excellent business leaders, and all of them have shared a, uni uh, a universal message that they were arrogant and that they were thought they were untouchable, and they saw with the pandemic that their businesses were brought to their knees and their businesses were on the brink of collapse, many of these great businesses that they had built over many decades. And we that is one of the great lessons of COVID and one of the great lessons of the Yomim Narayim, that we say the words of our sages, Tshuva Tfilat Tzedakah Ma'avir Nisra that if we do Tshuva, if we daven, if we give Tzedakah, so that removes the bad decree. Ba doing tshuva, which is repentance, which is accepting Hashem as king of our hearts and committing to change our ways, by davening, by praying, by praying with sincerity. It's very hard work to pray with sincerity. Whether you're in shul, whether you're at home, it's the same hard work to focus and to remove one's, all the extraneous thoughts and distractions and to focus on a very deep meditation on the words that you're saying and making them real in your heart. That's a, that's a, a difficult exercise that cr requires uh, humility and requires um, a lot of hard work and tzedakah, giving charity, giving to those less fortunate than ourselves, recognizing that what we have, the blessings that we have are by the grace of God and God has given us the ability to support ourselves and to be in a position to help others and to share with others. And by doing so, so one, it's a tremendous act of humility to give tzedakah and it's something that uh, shows an appreciation for um, the, uh, for God and for the blessing that one's received and not just selfishly taking all of those blessings for oneself. So it's a great opportunity on Rosh Hashanah, on Yom Narayim, to work on our humility and to try and engage ourselves in these three tasks of tshuva, of repenting, of tefillah, of governing with kavana, of tzedakah, of giving to those less fortunate than ourselves. And please God, by doing so, it's ma'avirinus ruach gazeira that it should not be a, a bad decree or negative decree, but rather it should be a decree of positivity that, as we say, our sages teach us based on the verse, that the, the year uh, and its curses should end, the year of blessing should begin, and please God, it should be a year of blessing for all of our listeners, for all of us, and for all of Kha Yisrael, a year of good health, a year of bracha v'atzlocha, a year of success in all of our endeavors. Thank you so much for li listening. Wishing you all a ksiva chasima toiva and have a wonderful day.